You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This episode of Believe is brought to you by Cryptid Coffee Co. Use promo code BELIEVE on checkout for 10% off their angry Yowie coffee blend. Head over to cryptid.com.au to check them out. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight I'm joined by Tim, and Tim has had quite a few wild encounters while he's been out in the bush. Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kate. It's great to have you on, and for all our international listeners, the bush is like the forest here in Australia is probably the best way to put it, because I guess some people would be wondering why you're having weird encounters in the bushes, but that's not so. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tim, mate, take us back to uh, to these weird encounters that you've had. Okay, so I've had about two in- encounters in the bush. Uh, the first one was probably about 2010-2011. Me and a few of our mates went out to a place called Demeric Dam, which is up near Armadale. We uh, decided to camp out there the night. Anyway, the night drew on. It was probably about 10, 11 o'clock at night, and two of my friends were going for a walk along the track around the dam. Anyway... I um, decided to follow him because I couldn't be bothered staying back at the tent. It's pretty boring. So we walked further up the track and my mate goes, oh, we're just going to set up a little fire here. It was probably uh, at least halfway around the uh, around the track of the dam anyway. And um, we, were, we were just chilling. He started setting up a fire and we sat there for a bit. He ended up falling asleep next to the fire and it was just me and my other friend still sitting there. So... We were talking and I didn't want to go to sleep because I, I didn't trust being out there without being having a roof over my head. <laughs> so I was sort of freaking out a little bit. But then I thought, no, I'm going to stay awake and try and keep myself awake. So I thought I'd go for a little bit of a wander down the track. So anyway, I've walked down the track about 
say maybe two three hundred meters or so by myself and i stopped and i realized that where i was going was getting a little bit more dense and more dark so i was like uh, i kind of don't want to go any further but then i heard something probably say 20 30 meters away from me so that it sounded like what it sounded like to me was something had just either jumped or fallen from a tree but it was a heavy it was a heavy sound and then it started whatever it was started walking towards me through the long grass now i i couldn't see it i'm not gonna lie i could not see it but i could hear it and whatever it was it was bigger than me <laughs> and i sort of went um what the hell is that so i was i hesitated a little bit but whatever it was it was getting real close and you could hear it, and it didn't sound like it had four legs. It definitely sounded like it was bipedal of some sort. And I was just like, oh, I don't know about this. So I yelled out the first the first thing that came to my mind. It was like, F that, straight up the track I ran. Never ran so fast in my life. And I got back to me mate, and he's like, what's wrong? I said, did you hear that down there? He goes, yeah, I heard you scream and run. And I was like... But you didn't hear what I heard. He goes, nah. And I said, well, I don't know what's down there, but whatever it is, it's bigger than me. So I said, do you want to go down there and check it out? He didn't know. He didn't want to go down there. He was a bit worried. But, yeah, that was the first encounter. The thing is, the Australian bush is so, how do I say this, undangerous in the sense like there's not, there should be nothing that big out there and nothing that big jumping out of a tree because, you know, some, some people, some people might say, you know, maybe it was a tree kangaroo or, you know, it was just a regular kangaroo that was just jumping around. But there's a, there's a sound to the gate of a kangaroo and <laughs> kangaroos like a, a big one might be 80, 90 kilos. It doesn't have that that kind of ground shaking feel that that you felt no and it's there's a fine line between distinguishing a sound of a kangaroo going through long grass and somebody else walking through long grass and that's what it sounded like was it yeah it sounded like a person but there was no one there but the person would have had to be a few hundred kilos because it was pretty heavy how close do you think it got to you oh Within 10 metres. Oh, wow. That's really close. Pretty close, yeah. I, but like I said, it was it was as dark as anything. This is probably, oh, say, nearly 12, 31 o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, it was pretty dark. And, yeah, I just, I don't know, I couldn't see whatever it was. And that was, that scared me the most that I couldn't see it, but I could hear it. Yeah, the fear of the unknown is is almost just as bad as what actually might be there because, the, the thing is, you know, like, Yowies aren't only, aren't the only bipedal creature that I hear about in the, in the Australian bush. You know, there's, there's these like other things out there that, you know, no one really knows what to call them. And they seem so much worse than what the, what the Yowie is. But was, was there anything that kind of gave away the fact that you think this may be in a Yowie other than the, 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 the sheer size of how it sounded when it landed? Not quite. See, I've always grown up with an open mind about all sorts of different things, you know, especially, you know, the paranormal type of stuff and all that and anything in the bush. See, I've always had – I've grown up with stories from the Aboriginal side of the family about certain things that have happened to them and 
they've seen things in the bush and all that type of stuff. And it's like, oh, you know, I know that there could poss- could be a possibility. I mean, like, you know, not a, like only a certain few people have seen them or had an encounter with them, you know, and I didn't expect to be one of them. <laughs> What's the bushland like there? Oh, it's, like, it's, it's, it's like, a, it's like properties out there, but where the dam is, there's a fair bit of, like, scrub around and, like, and, you know, if, if it was anything like that, there's definitely a fair amount of a food supply out there because there's fish in the, in the dam and, well, you know, and all sorts of things. So it's just like, like, it's, it's open in parts, but then it's pretty, pretty bushy in others. It's not surprising. I hear a lot of encounters around dams and, and kind of waterlocked areas. It just seems yeah. to be, and, and that's just how nature works as well, you know, like water holes draw creatures towards them. Yeah, so it's it's about where where it was. It was probably about, it's about 10, 15K out of town of Armadale. So it gets pretty, like most of the way out there, it's paddocks and people's properties and, all that stuff, but then you turn a few corners and you end up going over a couple of little hills and into the dam, and there's hills around the whole the whole area. I I went up there recently, as in like last week, for the first time in years. I hadn't been out there in years, and um, I was on a little holiday at my cousin's up in Armadale, and we went out there for a fish, and I was like, when we we're walking along the track, I was like, oh, we're getting close to where this had happened. And I hadn't been there, like, since it happened in, in the day, you know. So it was a bit different being up there during the day. And I was like, when we got to the rock where we had the fire, I was like, this is where we were when we had the fire. So it's only about 200 metres down the track where it happened. So then we got down there and I seen where I was and I was like, oh, this is, this is where it was and this is where it happened. And I looked about you know, 20 metres to me right, and I was like, there's a tree down there, that's probably the one that it jumped out of, you know. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it's just a different feel during the day. But I was like, you know, every time, every, every when we were walking around the dam, I was keeping my eye out, you know. <laughs> it would have been really hair-raising to go back to that that same place and stand in the same spot where you were, oh, yeah. you know, I potentially couldn't stop talking away. about it. <laughs> I couldn't stop talking about it. I was like, oh, this is where it was, this is where it was, you know, so... Getting real jittery and, and kind of on edge. Oh, about yeah. I was, I had eyes in the back of my head while I was out there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were your mates' reactions back at camp when you, um, when you came back? Like, did you, did you say, like, hey, I think I, there's a yowie out there, or were you just like, there is something gigantic out there? So when we, when it happened, I only had the two of my mates with me. The rest of them were back at the campground at the front of the dam. So we hadn't gone back there till the next, Till like six o'clock the next morning. So um, I was sort of like, uh, I didn't really tell any of them because you know they were on, they were in their own little little worlds and that they probably wouldn't have believed me. And but the mate that I had that was awake when he heard me run back up the track, he's he sort of knew straight up. He didn't want to go any further <laughs> down the track, so he kind of knew something was up. And then. We sort of mucked around. I'll say it would have been about three, four o'clock in the morning. We sort of just went down closer to the dam. We started making some funny noises and just cooing across the dam. And it was echoing and stuff. And we thought we heard what sounded like a, another 
decent loud noise over the other side of the dam. And I was like, mm, you know, what could have that have been? But we didn't realise at the time, you know, I've watched all these type of shows now and we've heard all, heard a heap of things, stories about people communicating with Yowies or Bigfoot or anything like that and they communicate through howling and all that type of stuff. And I was like, well, we could have, you know, revved it up a little bit. Yeah, I always, I, I don't mean to make light of your situation, but... I always laugh when I when I see that, like on um, Finding Bigfoot and, and things like that. Those types of TV shows, it's it's kind of like if if Bigfoot had a language, who knows what you're saying back to it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you know, we were just we were just cooing and just having a bit of fun at like four o'clock in the morning because the sun was slowly starting to come up. Now you could see it over the hills, and you could hear the ducks quacking and whatever else. But you know, like we heard something decent on the other side of the the damn it sort of sounded like another thud you know but i was like yeah okay (laughs) so you mentioned that you were fairly open-minded when when you had this encounter like did this make you like expand into that world a little bit more yeah definitely like i was i was always a believer in that type of thing but i had to you know i was i'm like the person you have to experience experience at first and, you know, like, a lot of people are like that, you know, skeptics, all that type of stuff. And when it happened, I was like, um, there's, n- there's no other way to explain it. I couldn't see whatever it was. Whatever it was was louder and bigger than me when it was walking. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm not <laughs> I'm not hanging around to find out what it is. But, yeah, whatever it was, if it was still hanging around, it would have been, you know, watching us by the fire and whatever else. But we couldn't see it or hear it after that. Yeah, and that's that's kind of scary to think about. Like, there's this giant creature just on the outskirts of your vision, watching you all night long. Yeah, could have been anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and that's the that's the scary part of these creatures. But you said you've had two more encounters with uh, yeah. with just strange happenings in the bush. So, yeah, do you mind telling me about those? So the most recent one, it was. Only a few months back, when we were during during the lockdowns in New South Wales, we um we me and my son and my cousin, you know, when we were uh, he was over, we sort of wanted to go for a wander up the bush behind Taraba, which is where my partner's mum's building a house in the new estate out there called Billy's Lookout. Anyway, we had walked up up the tracks a few, you know, we've been up there a few days in a row, a couple of weeks in a row type thing, and taking different bush tracks all the time and we've like found a cave up there but we've had like people have gone up there and they've sort of built they've like got buckets of nails and stuff in there so they'll build little little wooden fences and that out there but um yeah we've been out there a few times um I've, i've even been out there myself and nothing strange has happened out there and it was just this one day we were just cruising along we weren't even that far into the bush we hadn't gone up this track before, so we had gone in. And when you go in from Billy's Lookout, you have to cross a service road that goes down to the train line. So it's pretty close to, like, houses and main roads and stuff like that. So we were like, oh, you know, we'll go up this track because we hadn't been up there before because the last time we wanted to go up there, a big red, be- red, red belly black snake 
had gone across the track and into this car that was tipped over on its roof. So we're like, yeah, I'm not going that way because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fond of snakes at all. So we decided to go a different way. And then anyway, we come back a few weeks later and decide to go up this hill. And you go up this hill and you're going up for about uh, about 200 metres or so again. Anyway, we got to the top and we're just cruising along and we're just talking normally about this is me and my nine-year-old son. And we were just talking normally about the house and what it's going to look like and whatever else. And then we could slightly hear something walking in the bush about 15 metres away from us. And we had stopped and it had stopped. And my son goes, Dad, did you hear that? And I'm like, yeah, I heard that, but there's nothing over there. I can't see anything. This is broad daylight. This is midday on a good sunny day. So you're not going to miss anything. (laughs) And um, so we decided to take a few more steps. And this thing took a few more steps. So it was at this time that my son had said he's seen something on the corner of his eye flash through the sunlight that was coming through the trees. And I had turned and looked. And from what I could tell you, like like I said, I've never seen anything like it, but it had been walking through probably knee-high grass and it had gone behind two gum trees. And it was probably about the same colour as the gum tree. It was a pretty greyish colour. Um, but what it looked like to me, it was sort of I was looking at the back of, if I was standing from the behind you, looking at the back of your shoulder. And this thing was walking sort of on an angle. So the track we were on, we were going to cr- cut, cr- cut across each other anyway. So, you know, we would have walked straight into it. And... Um, as it got behind the second gum tree and walked out the other side, whatever it was, it just vanished. And I'm saying, like, this thing was massive. And it just vanished. And I'm sitting there thinking, what the hell was that? I was sitting there thinking, what do I, like, what do we do? I wasn't going to just get up and run. I sort of wanted to hang around and, like, find out what had happened and where it had gone because. At first thought, when I seen it, I thought, oh, hell, you know, this is a person in a grey T-shirt or a kangaroo. Now, a person just can't just up and vanish in thin air. And a kangaroo, if it was a kangaroo, you would have seen it bounce off down down through the bushes. And I was like, "Um, okay, so it's definitely not one of them. (laughs) So... We sort of hung around that part where where we'd seen it, and I was like, oh, looking up, looking around, had the ears open, and there was no tracks in the ground or anything like that. But what happened, whatever it was, it just, you know, vanished. If it was anything, we would have heard it kept going, or we would have seen it kept going because we would have cut across paths with it. But like I said, it was only like 15 metres away from us, so... You know, it was pretty decent size because we had um, only gone up there about three weeks ago, me, my son, and I took my cousin up there. My cousin's pretty decent size compared to me. And I was like, well, I'll use you as a as a size comparison. So I was like, you go over into that bush there and walk up towards these two gum trees. 
Now, when he was walking through that bush, I could barely hear him stepping in the grass. Like, you know, this thing was, like I said, with the other one, it sounded pretty heavy. And it was definitely walking on two legs because I seen it walking. And he, like, when I said, you get up close up to those trees, and I was like, there's no way. Because this thing was massive compared to him. And that's why I was like, yeah, it can't be anything else. Like, I can't think of anything else like that. You know what I mean? Like, it just vanished as well. That's what got me dumbfounded, to be honest. That is, that's the the crazy part of that encounter, isn't it? Because, you know, you, you got this thing that is essentially stalking you. And it's pacing you as well, which is, you know, that's, that's scary. Like not just, not just following you, but pacing you. Yeah. Not- well, I didn't get the feeling while we're up there that it was following us. It's sort of where, where we, we came up the hill, it was coming up a different part of the hill. And I don't think it had any intentions of like, of caring that we had seen it or had anything to do with it. You know, like I don't think it was. I think it was curious, but I don't think it cared, if you know what I mean. Because it knew we were there, and I think it knew we had seen it, which is why, you know, whatever it was, it just vanished in thin air. Like I said, like, I can't understand, I can't grasp the concept that it had walked behind two trees and then stepped a foot outside of the other, on the other side of the tree and was just, poof, gone. You know, so I was like, I've never seen anything like it. I was sitting there thinking, what the actual F is going on? It really would have been a, a such a surreal moment in your in your experience because, you know, you're seeing this thing that is gigantic and then it just disappears in the, in the thin air, essentially. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, I knew straight up that when I had seen it and my son said he'd seen it, that I wasn't seeing things. And I wasn't making shit up because my nine-year-old had seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and he was freaking out. His heart was bouncing out of his chest. And I was because he wanted to go. Like, he was like, Dad, can we go now? I need to go to the toilet. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like no, I want to know what the hell this was and where it went. So how long so, did you actually stick around for? Oh, about 20 minutes. Wow. And- yeah, because I had um, looked around in all the spots that, like, where I'd seen it and tried to, you know find any rational explanation for it and then i was ringing people like i rang my dad straight up because you know my dad and me have got a pretty good bond when it comes to these types of things and i'm like 
that I had just seen the weirdest thing in the bush. And I don't know what it was. The only other thing I can think of is a yowie or a spirit. I don't know, but whatever it was, it just got up and vanished and it was bigger than me. And I'm not that big and it's not hard to be bigger than me, but this thing was broad in size. And it's like, you know, I don't know, it was just crazy. Could you see if the, the grass or anything like that was flattened by, by something large? No, it was too hard to tell. Like, there was that much grass and little shrubs around, you know. It's just, whatever it was, it was just, it was loud enough and visible enough to be able to hear it and see it. And what gets me is that when I, you know, told my cousin to do the same thing, I said, I even told him to slouch a little bit. And that was nowhere near the comparison in the size. And you could barely hear him walking through that part of the bush. What do you think it was? To me, oh, straight up. I I believe now that it could have possibly been a Yowie. Because, you know, like from where, where that is, you've got bush, then you've got the, the motorway that goes all the way to Sydney. And then you've got more bush, and then you've got Mount Sugarloaf, and then the hills that connect up to the Wadigans. And the Wadigans have had a few sightings in that up that way, so it could have quite possibly been one of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's such an active area, so it, it really wouldn't surprise me if what you saw was, was a genuine Yowie in there. But did you notice, like, anything else weird going on with the situation, like, you didn't no, hear any, no. like, nothing else? No, not at the time. Like, you know, we were just having a normal conversation. <laughs> and then, yeah, just the, the, like, the walking, the sound of walking was like, uh, what was that? And then, you know, how it paced us as we walked, it stopped, you know, that type of thing. And it was just really weird. Like, now, like, now that I think about it, it was pretty quiet in the bush in the area. So... Because when we had gone up the only a few weeks ago, and you could hear the cicadas and everything up there, but you couldn't hear them on that day. So, I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. What do you think happened to the alley? Like, what do you think it did? Well, I don't know. Like, I've I've heard a lot of things where they can, you know, just pretty much vanish or camouflage or that type of thing. So when I had spoke to family, like my Aboriginal side of the family and that, um, about it. And they're like, you know, they can, like from what we know, they can camouflage and stuff like that. So whatever you were doing, it was probably still there watching you. That's but, what I think. You know, and I was sitting there thinking, yeah, probably, but I couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I couldn't feel it or smell anything out of the, out of the abnormal. So, yeah, I was just too busy. Oh, like, you know, in La La Land, ringing people, telling them what I'd just seen, you know, and they're all like, you know, these things, you know, they they can do that type of thing and all that type of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but I never would have thought this was going to happen. Yeah, I think it's I think it's so cool that you kind of just had that absolute situational awareness of, like, telling your kid, just just hold on, mate. We're, we've got to look around to see if we can find something and then call yeah. and call them family and friends for a bit of advice on what to do. I think that's yeah. so great. Yeah. See, any other time, like, you know, like I've had 
you know, I've had, I've had a few paranormal experiences in a house, you know, it's completely different to being what, you know, out in the bush. So if you're in it, if, if, you know, if you see a ghost and you're in a house, it's like, oh, you know, that's a ghost in a house. Whoopie-doo. But when it comes to being out of the bush, it's a completely different feeling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think the bush is, it's so alive and there's so much energy out there that I think experiences are just kind of, they have a compound effect because, you know, you've got the the energy of nature that's kind of just going on around it. The the isolation of being alone and away from from everyone and then just the, the weirdness that gets added to that just, it, I think it has that compound effect and just really amplifies the, the situation so much more. Yeah, so I kind of, I also thought about it being, you know, not like being in lockdown, a lot of people are getting out and getting around in the bush tracks and that now. So the bush tracks are sort of getting a little bit more life on them like they would normally wouldn't. The only, like I've been out, like when we were out there, we're seeing people out there mountain biking and stuff but they weren't mountain biking on this particular day so <laughs> it was a bit yeah that was just the right time right moment for us and the thing is if you ran into someone it's not like they would actively try to avoid you like i, I feel like no. that's really out of character for for anyone to do yeah, it's, that's it like there was even there was even like my um other my Aboriginal side of the family like it could have been uh, uh like you know it could have been a sacred site or something like that and I was like how would we know you know yeah yeah because they brought up they brought up you know the snake you know you seen the snake at the bottom of the track that was probably a warning not to go that way I said yeah but that was like you know months ago <laughs> this is different now. <laughs> <laughs> So you've had you've had one other encounter, and this one's a paranormal one. So what happened yeah. here? Oh, well, it's a it's it's sort of a long story. A few things that happened. So I'm sort of known in the family as a as the family paranormal investigator. <laughs> not not a bad title to have, mate. Yeah, because they they know that I'm that I like that type of thing. So when when things that happen at their places, they're sort of like, oh, you know, come check it out or whatever, you know. I was like, yeah, I, I sort of sit there and I go to him, yeah, stuff that, you know. <laughs> but uh, but um, we um, this time my auntie's place, it's pretty, I don't know, it was pretty active from what I could remember, um, active enough that my cousins were too scared to sleep in their rooms and they would sleep in the lounge room together. So I'd come up, because I was living at Tamworth at the time and they were living in Armadale and... I'd come up and visit every every couple of weeks, and I come up and my auntie was talking about things that happened in the house. I was like, so what happens? And she goes, oh, you can hear people talking in the kitchen, and you know, hear people walking around and stuff like that. And then you go, she goes, you can hear people whistling. I said, what's the whistling sound like? And I'm not going to repeat it because it's, you know, it just reminds me of everything that had happened there, and um. Like, I was like, oh, okay, you know, like, so I was like, fair enough. So one day I had, um, I'd been there by myself. This is about 10 o'clock in the morning and everybody was out at school and up at different people's houses and I was there by myself. So I was like, oh, well, I'll, um, set up a camera. Like I took my camera with me and I was like, I'll set up a camera in the kitchen 
sit there for about 10, 15 minutes by itself and I wouldn't make a noise. I'd be up the other end of the house. And then I did it again in the hallway. And when you walk into Marnie's house at the time, there's this, all you could see is this long, long hallway. And hallways are pretty, <laughs> I don't trust hallways, <laughs> especially ones that are super long. Anyway, we had walked in and I um, sat one at the front door and shooting down the end of the hallway and whatever else. And anyway, the first the first recording in um, the kitchen was, it sounded like the wind sort of picked up in the room, but there was no windows or doors open. It could have been anything, but. There was no air cons or nothing on. And it sounded like something had hit, like a box of cereal or something hit the ground. Anyway, I'd watched it, went down and checked out to see if I could find any of the, you know, evidence, but couldn't. I said, no, it could have been anything. And once I listened to it again properly, you could sort of hear the whistling. It sounded exactly the way my auntie had whistled. And there was nobody else in the house but me. So, I don't know, it was kind of weird. But um, the recording in the hallway sort of captured what sounded like somebody humming a song for about two and a half minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was very light and faint, but you could hear it, and it went for about two and a half minutes. And I was sort of thinking, all right, so this is, this is kind of cool, you know, I'm actually getting things happening, and it's even during the day. So, um, last track to... One of the nights I slept there. Um, so this is all leading up to the, the ending story. Um, I had something happen to me that I will never forget. And it's giving me chills talking about it. Um, was like something like sleep paralysis. Um, I was in the lounge room, me and my two cousins. And um, my auntie and her two younger daughters were in their room down towards the end of the hallway. Anyway, um, I had woke up, and I'm in this dream, with me and my cousin Brennan, and my auntie was in the kitchen. She was calling out to us. She was like, come down here, listen to this. So we're like, okay. So we went down, and she's like, can you hear that? And we're like, hear what? Because when you went down, it was, like, it was like three sets. Like It wasn't even – it was like a set of stairs to go into the kitchen. And um, we got to the bottom of the stairs, and you could hear that same whistling. So it's like, oh, this is all tying in now. Anyway, something, I don't know, something had picked me up. I couldn't see it. This was in my dream. Taking me up the other end of the hallway and slamming me up against the front door. And I was like, okay. So I woke up, and I was like, oh, you know, that was a bit weird. Didn't think much of it. And then I, well, I couldn't help myself, went back to sleep. And here I am stuck on the lounge i couldn't move couldn't say anything and my cousins were laying right next to me i'm trying to talk to them trying to move to you know trying to get them awake and next thing you know the lounge room door opens and i'm sort of freaking out i'm like oh god please <laughs> like whatever what's coming through that door so i'm sort of just flipping out and i flipped out that much that it woke me up and i'm sitting there thinking okay so this has happened twice now this isn't normal. So I sort of tried to keep myself awake. <laughs> and I'm laying there, laying there. I was like, but well, I was that tired. I couldn't help myself again. I had to fall asleep. And here I am laying on the lounge again in the same position. Couldn't move. Couldn't say a word. And 
the lounge room door had shut, slam shut. It woke me up. It was that loud. And I, I swear to God, I'm not lying. I had heard something run down the hallway. Oh, no. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, shit. You know, like, what do I do? And it sounded like a kid, a little kid running down the hallway. That's how light foots, you know, it was. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I need to go to the toilet. And the toilet's down the other end of the hallway. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> it's the only one that had a light. And I wasn't going to go to the one closest to the laundry with no light, especially with whatever was out there. And so I think, oh, I'm like trying to figure out what to do, whether to take a weapon with me or whatever, <laughs> not that it was going to do anything. And um, my cousin Kristen had woken up and she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, oh, you don't want to know. And she, you know, being in that house – all the time, she's like, oh, don't tell me, <laughs> straight away, and went back to sleep. And I'm like, oh, great, you know, that's helpful. And anyway, I sort of, I didn't I didn't run, but I sort of took big strides down the hallway. And as I was passing Marnie's room, I had to make sure the girls were asleep, the younger girls, but they were snoring their heads off. So whatever was running down the hallway, it wasn't them. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, yeah, this is not good. But fast forward a few a few months, I'd come back up and it was only my cousin and me, my cousin Brennan and me, and we had been downtown for a, a few hours and we come back and we went straight in the, into the laundry because one of the because Marnie hadn't put lights in most of the parts of the house. She was a bit lazy on that behalf, <laughs> <laughs> and she was never really there. She stayed up at my nan and pops. So it was really only the old, the three older kids that had stayed there. And um, so at this time, it was just me and Brendan, and we're in the lounge room, and, and he's like, Timo, I'm like, yeah. And he goes, come down the hallway so we can turn some lights on. And I knew straight up, oh, you know, why he wanted me to come with him. I was like, yeah, he doesn't want to go by himself because things happen. So I was like, okay. And um, we had got... Half, well, not even halfway down the hallway, and he turned off into the first bathroom. And he, he was telling me he was turning some lights on, but it was took, taking him forever to find the light switch. And at that time, my eyes had started to adjust to the darkness, and I had looked down the other end of the hallway, and I shit you not, I had seen something materialise at the end of the hallway. To the point you could describe the clothes the hair, the gaps between the legs and the arms and the body, and I freaked out. I said, I said straight out, I said, Brandon, 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 like I was banging on the wall next to him. So we had sprinted back into the lounge room. He come flying in behind me, slammed the door shut behind us and held it shut. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, holding it shut. And I said, if there's a buddy ghost down the other end of the hallway, it's going to come straight through you in that door. <laughs> And he goes, what if it's a person? I said, they ain't no buddy person. You know, it's, it's how it materialized in, you know, pretty much like right down the other end of the hallway. And the fact that it went from nothing to a person, you know what I mean? And I'm sort of thinking, oh, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen, like ghost-wise. I've never actually seen anything like that. Like, I mean, I've had... Um, I've heard things, you know, and I've I've seen a, a face in a picture with my mum and my cousin in it, but 
nothing like that. And the next day, my auntie had come over and she's like, what had happened? I said, well, there's someone in your hallway. And it looked like I told her, I described her what it looked like. And if you're, if anyone, or if you're familiar with the Barraville murders. No, I'm not. Okay, so Barraville is a little town between Newcastle, or between Port Macquarie and, and Coffs Harbour. And it's, you know, it's pretty, you know, it's a, a town of Aboriginals mostly. Um, and a lot of my family live down there, like extended family. Anyway, a few, about, uh, there's probably, I think it was in the 90s, around the 90s sometime, that three Aboriginal kids had went missing. Um, two of them were found and one of them wasn't. And one of them that wasn't found um, was my auntie. Now, they all got murdered. Um, and my auntie from, you know, extended family. Anyway, my auntie had come over the next morning and she's like, what did she look like? And I'm like, I told her what she looked like straight up. I said, this is what she looked like. This described everything. And then my auntie goes, was it, was it this was this lady here and showed me a photo. And I'm like, I started bursting into tears. Oh, wow. Because it was that distinct and pretty, pretty predictable. Like, you know, I I had seen that and I seen her and I was like, oh, no, what, you know, freaking out. And she goes, that's your auntie Colleen. I'm like, you're kidding me. And she goes, no, that's, I said, that's exactly who I had seen. And that's exactly what she was wearing. So I sort of, you know, like to this day, after seeing, you know, seeing something materialise in front of me, I've always believed in ghosts and stuff like that, being in an Aboriginal family and all that. But seeing something like that, that's enough to change your perspective on everything. And I wasn't seeing things, and I wasn't. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm pretty straight. I'm not. You know, I don't. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't smoke. I don't do anything like that. And that had happened to me when I was about, oh, I would have been 21, 22. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would have been such a a paradigm-breaking event. And yeah. for it to be a, a family member is, you know, so powerful and so next, mm. so next level. Oh, yeah. Like, we've had plenty of things happen when, you know, you've got, family members involved in a lot of things and like I've even had recent like I had a, I lost an uncle last year that it hit real it hit home pretty bad, you know, like even like I we've had we, we lose we lose family members every year. We lose about three or four family members every year in the Aboriginal side of the family. And so, you know, you sort of it's sort of like, oh, you know, once, you know, two people die, it's like, oh, one's coming, you know, another one's coming. So it's like a, it's not like we're used to it, but you know it's coming. And then once we lost one of my uncles last year, I didn't expect it to hit me as bad as it did. But I think what hurt me the most was that I actually went and saw him before it happened. And then you know it sort of spurred on a few, a few crazy little dreams with him in it. And I was like, oh, you know, like the first one was kind of scary and. I had had something happen like where I'd seen him. I'd never been there before, but then a few days had passed 
and I was staying at my cousin's place and I've never been out in his backyard before and that's where it was. I was like, oh, my God. You know, like, I've never seen this backyard before, but I've seen it in my dream. <laughs> so, you know, I was... So, you know, just a few few strange things happen. And I'm only, well, I'm 29 this year. So I've seen a fair bit. Yeah, it, it definitely sounds like you just have this, I don't know how to say it, a connection or just a, almost like a, your eyes being open to, to this side of the world. And, yeah, you know, there's there's no going back for you, you know, like you're probably going to live this life of, weird and, and crazy encounters for forever yeah and that's why i like i've i've always had an interest in that type of thing but it's sort of like over the last few years it's sort of like spurred on a little bit more i kind of want to do that a lot more now and that's why i've been on a few um investigations with ann and renata you're pretty you know used to them a <laughs> <laughs> big shout out to ann renata yeah Big shout out to them, they, the great people, um, Ghost Grannies, as I think what you calls them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been on a few investigations with them and, you know, like, I've sort of, you know, I get excited, like, I get nervous before I go into the investigation, but I put that down to now as, a, as excitement because I know I'm going in to do something that I love doing. How... How do you feel knowing that your life may be filled with more of this? Oh, it's it's pretty normal now. Like, I've seen things all the time. Like, I've been sitting down the room playing my Xbox and I'll see something on the stairs. It's like, oh, I'll see something on the corner of my eye and then they're gone. And it's like, oh, but I'll get up and I'll go look around and look in every room and go, oh, fair enough, you know, like... <laughs> probably just a ghost <laughs> <laughs> but like i used like back when i was a kid and my nan and that would used to tell me all these stories i'd i'd freak out that's why they wouldn't tell me certain things um well like always had something to happen at her houses so one of the houses she had lived in they'd seen something but they wouldn't tell me about it until the next day because at the time they were like oh you know tim's a bit, you know, <laughs> a bit scared about it. But at that at that time, I was sort of starting to grow up a little bit more now. So I was like, oh, you should have told me last night and I would have had a look, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, yeah, like, we've had heaps of things happen. And we, like, me and my sister, we've, we've been talking and my, me and my two sisters just sort of sit there and go, the things that we see or hear, you know, we put it down to just culture, you know. Mm. You know, like our family culture is probably why this happens a lot. But I don't, you know, like going back to the bush, you know, like I said, it's you see something in the house, it's completely different. But when you're out, when you're out in the bush, it's like a whole other level. <laughs> There's a complete element of the unknown when it's out in the bush. And I guess when you're at home, you know, there, there is a sense of, familiarity with it all because you know safety yeah you're at home you know like you you kind of know how things should work there but when it's out in the bush it's it's kind of like am i about to become a missing person or something like that (laughs) yeah and that's what i mean like my dad my dad brought up like oh what if it was you know what if it was somebody 
out there and I'm like, well, there was nobody out there. And he's like, but what if it was somebody else? Like in saying that maybe somebody was murdered out there or buried out there even, you know, you wouldn't know. Yeah. And you and you had seen them. And it's like, well, maybe, but, <laughs> you know, the fact that it was walking so heavily and loud enough that we could hear it, that louder than what anybody else would walk through there, like a normal person anyway, you would have had to been stomping your feet extra loud to make that sound. Yeah, for sure. Would have been, you, you really have to go out of your way to make yourself that noticed. Oh, for sure. Like, and, and the fact that it was, you know, merely 15 metres away from us and it wasn't really that interested in us being there. It's sort of just like, oh, look, there's two people over there. Who cares? Yeah. Let's yeah. just keep walking and then disappear. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, like my, my son's, you know, he, he'd probably go and run around telling everybody he knows, but they wouldn't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? He he very well might, might be on the same journey that you are. He's uh, he's just getting a head start on you, mate. Yeah, maybe. Because I was more like, I was worried about it back then, but I always, always tell him, like, because I've got two young boys, uh, one's nine, one's five, but I've always, I've always told him, like, look, Nan used to tell me, that don't be afraid of the dead, be afraid of the living. That's some good words to live by. Yeah, so we we go off of that, and I told them that it's like, but when you, when you know, like I said to him, I said try to explain to him. I said you see those types of things at a house or at home or whatever, but when you're out in the bush, it's a completely other level, and you don't know. Like for example, we didn't know what that was at the time, but whatever it was, it was bigger than me, and walked a lot louder than what we did and you know like i said i tried to put a comparison to it with my cousin because he's a lot bigger than what i am and it was a lot bigger than him and i know like i've even got a mate that's probably uh, like six and a half foot tall and he's pretty decent pretty decent size and shoulders and that i was like i'm going to take him out there one day and see if that's in a comparison but i don't think there will be <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. 